have a Q&A session tonight, and then we'll have a gender-specific uh, Q&A next week. Um, but for tonight, I, I wanted uh, to invite three different couples that are pretty much range in, in terms of how long they've been married. And the reason why that is is because each, each of them have gone through different life experiences, and this is just a way for us to, to kind of glean from them. All their stories are different, and just kind of like what I mentioned in the last message before Thanksgiving is that, you know, every relationship is like a snowflake. No two are alike. Uh, but what they do have in common, though, aside from the fact that snowflakes are, you know, ice, uh, is that they all try to operate off biblical principles. And as we go through some of these questions that you guys sent in, and we're going to have an open mic session later, uh, this is just for you to get to know them, to even ask uh, for some dating or engagement type questions or even things that you've been thinking about. Um, feel free to ask uh, more of the questions. But before we start, let me invite all the couples down here. Uh, so Young and Ada, Craig and Sean, Bill and Kathy. This is going to be fun. <laughs> You guys can sit wherever you like. It doesn't have to be age-specific or anything like that. Yeah. But do sit next to your, your spouse. <laughs> yeah, we don't need... Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you're wondering when these are, these are... It's kind of like when you take an exam and there's like a review sheet. This is kind of what uh, this is. And I like a terrible teacher. I'm, just, I'm not going to ask any of those questions just to throw them off. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Well, thank you guys all for being part of this Q&A. Um, again, this, uh, the last several months, our, our fellowship group is going through a dating series. And um, I, I invited all of you intentionally for you, them to learn from you and for the, you even to share how the Lord has taught you through this. Because aside from uh, believing in Jesus, I think the second greatest decision you ever make is finding a spouse. Uh, that's gonna, that person's going to have the longest and most meaningful impact in your life. Uh, so it is a serious decision, but it doesn't have to be too serious. Um, and I think uh, it'll be fun just to hear from you. So we'll start with this. Uh, each of you guys, I was asked the men first, give a two-minute testimony of how you met your spouse and how you proposed. And then the second question would be for the wives, and that, and that is, is he, was he accurate? And what else do you want? You can add in whatever things they fill in. I usually do this in premarital. I'll ask the guy, and then they'll say like all those um, you know, crazy things, and then the wife or the fiance will be like, that's not completely accurate. Here's how it really went down. So we'll start with Craig, and we'll just go down. Yeah, I shouldn't sit here so close to you then. Oh, <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> uh, so how we met... Um, so uh, we met in St. Louis, um, and I was attending a, a church there, and one of Sean's uh, co-workers invited her to church um, and, um, and introduced us on one Sunday. Um, and so that's how we met. Um, and then how did we, how did I propose? How did you guys start dating? Oh, how do we get start dating? So we, we kind of hung out with a, a kind of a college and kind of young career group, you know, similar to kind of joint heirs, um, but it was much smaller in number. Um, and then one, and so one Sunday after lunch, you know, after service, Sean asked, you know, if I want to go to like a dance performance. Um, yeah. And then I thought, oh, yeah, sure, you know, I, I thought this would be like a group event. So without thinking, I just said, you know, yes. Um, 
And then a few days later, it kind of dawned on me that I think she actually just asked me specifically. I think it, it, then I realized that she was asking me out. Um, <laughs> and so, so I kind of felt trapped. And I, um, so <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so that's how we, um, and so we, so we made arrangements to, you know, go to dinner and then go to the dance performance afterwards. And then I think um, it was at dinner, then we started talking about, you know, some of our common interests. And then we started making plans actually for a second date. Um, Did she ask you out that, on that one too? Or? No, I think it was a common, uh, it was the art, art exhibit. And we kind of realized that, you know, we both kind of like art and we like that style of art. And so we kind of made plans together, okay. you know, for that second date. So Sean took the initiative. Correct. Yes, she took the initiative to ask me out. Yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, we. <laughs> there might be more questions on that later. <laughs> um, so then, um, so that's how she asked me out. And then, how did we propose, or how did I propose? Um, it was kind of a drawn-out process. Um, yeah, because <laughs> we, I, we, th I th kind of joked about, I'll, I'll buy you a rock. Um, and so I, I, I got her, I found a rock on the ground, gave her that rock. <laughs> uh, and then I said, oh, you want a ring? And so I bought her a ring pop. And so <laughs> here's your ring. And it's, you know, a crystalline structure, you know, on a ring. Yeah. Uh, and it was just, this was over a course of several months. Yeah. Um, and just, and then that was, there was also the fake Tiffany box too, I believe. It was like a little box that I, I painted that kind of like light blue, Tiffany blue. Um, and the kind of the tricker. Um, and then eventually, I, um, I was going to propose to her on Ocean Beach, but it was rainy that night. Uh -huh. um, and, that, and then it happened, one of my coworkers was joking with me. He's like, oh, you know, that's fine, because, you know, the rain will cover your tears when she says no. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Gee, thanks. That's really encouraging. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, so, we, so I ended up proposing in my apartment. Oh, okay. you know, it wasn't very romantic. Or very oh, it was raining, so okay. Look. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's our story. Yeah. Was that accurate? Okay. All right, Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Bill, Kathy. I don't know. Um, so, so um, we, Kathy and I met um, in Los Angeles, and uh, and we, you know, I was going to. Um, I, I was also a part of a, a fellowship, sort of like this. It was a young adult graduate students, um, and uh, uh, there was a hike. I think this this, this story's been out there already, and so so uh, um, so I met her on the hike. She was um, visiting from Bay Area. Some of her friends that uh, that actually I knew also, you know, that, that down in uh, Southern California, and so that's where we met. Um, the first date I think was um, uh, I was on one of my breaks and I came up here and I asked her out, and I, I believe that first date was a it was a, like a laserium, right? A laser show in um, in Golden Gate Park. It was in part of, I think it was the um, planetarium. So that was our first date. Um, how did I propose? I think my proposal is uh, much, um, much less romantic than anybody's I've ever heard. Because I, I proposed to her at, at the baggage claim in, in, in Newark Airport, Newark, Newark, New Jersey Airport, which is not a, uh, it's not, it's, they call it the armpit of the New York City. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's where we, I proposed. So it's not, it's the least romantic proposal I've ever heard, and so I did it. Yeah, I, uh, yeah I, I don't know. I don't know how surprised she was. I think I got, she was so distracted because she lost her baggage too. <laughs> so, 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 
I think, I think that's a good way to propose to somebody. You know, they're, they're so distracted, they don't even know what they're saying. <laughs> Is that accurate, Kathy? All right. <laughs> Young Ada. All right. So, uh, yes. uh, okay, cool. So for me, uh, Ada and I, we met in high school uh, at this place in Chinatown called Cameron House. I don't know if you guys, if any of you have heard of Cameron House. So they had a uh, week-long summer camp, kind of like, well, yeah, at, at Westminster Woods. Uh, so the week before the summer camp, I had actually uh, enlisted in the Marine Corps. And, uh, and then, you know, the week after I enlisted, we, you know, had that summer camp. So then uh, Ada was the, uh, the, the new girl. Um, uh, some of the gals in our group, you know, invited her to uh to join you know to, to join us so she did and um so we were there's like there was like this huge uh net um like a little cargo net that they kind of you know yeah it's like a giant hammock that that fits like 30 people uh, <laughs> not a safety hazard at all <laughs> you know, so, so we're all just hanging out in the hammock and we were just kind of like uh you know just hanging out and so that's when I told everyone, like, oh, yeah, hey, uh, by the way, I, 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 I enlisted in the Marine Corps. And Ada was there. And she goes, what? <laughs> you, you joined the Marine Corps? Uh, I was like, yeah. So anyways, that's how we started talking. Um, so but we started out as friends. You know, we, so I, I got my driver's license, right? I was 17. And uh, my, my dad had this Honda Odyssey. And... Uh, so every Friday, I, I would, you know, after, after school, I'd go down there, I'd, I'd, I'd find his car somewhere in the Tenderloin, and, and I'd drive it to Chinatown. And, uh, mm -hmm. and at the end of Friday night, um, you know, we would, I, like, like six, seven people would pile into my dad's van, and I would drive them all home. It would take like two or three hours. But Ada was, was always the last stop because she lived the closest to me. So, um, you know, just during that time, we would talk and I just got to know each other, but but we, we were friends at first, and um, it wasn't until a about a a year later, or two years later, when we actually started dating. Because uh, I so I I you know I went to boot camp, came back. Um, so that that summer we actually uh, we were at my my best friend's uh, dinner at like the cheesecake factory, and you know she said, "Oh hey, you know, uh, can I get a ride?" I said, yeah, sure. And um, after that, you know, well, I was driving her home and, and said, oh, hey, by the way, I, I kind of want to visit my, my friend up at, uh, uh, what was it? UOP. At UOP. Oh, so anyways, <laughs> we, um, we, we, we started hanging out. So that's how we, we started dating. So, yeah. H how did I propose? Um, so we, we actually made, you know, a, a ring. We, we, we did uh, pre-engagement counseling uh, with, with Bill and Kathy. Uh, and then I, act, I almost, um, I was going to propose so next to a garbage can. <laughs> I didn't know that there was a garbage can there at the time. And uh, so, so Ada had to, to rescue me from, uh, from proposing to her next to a garbage can. So, to clarify, uh, we first met because I was questioning his decision-making, uh, and I was curious, and the proposal was that he essentially recreated our first date, 
Uh, he proposed right in front of Ghirardelli Square by the cable car stop. Um, and he asked me out there because he said, just in case I said no, uh, you know, the stop was right there. I could take the bus home. Not oh, I thought it was like, did you get hit by the bus or something? <laughs> <laughs> exit yeah, exit, okay, exit plan. That's a good note to take. Oh, do you guys want water? Right? Eric has some water. Okay. So I want to ask the wives here, uh, what were some of the things that you, what were some, what were some of the, do you guys have like a list before you guys start dating or what were those preferences you had or essentials? And how did you discern that in your, I guess, like husbands or boyfriends at the time? What were some of the things that you had in your mind? You're like, okay, these are the essentials I must have, and these things are just maybe preferences? And then what were some things that you had to let go, and how do you discern which is which for you guys? Um, I don't think I have a really long list, but in my prayer, I always ask God, that found someone respect me and compatible with me intellectually. I think that's two things I always ask because I feel like I want to have someone um, respect me mutually. We can, you know, like it's very important for me to know that person love me and respect me. Because respect is something I, I kind of seem, I, I think it's important. And um, compatibility is another thing because I feel like I want to have someone um, I can share my thoughts with, um, not just um, biblical, and then also, you know, knowledge-wise to grow together. Because mm -hmm. I'm a very curious person. I like to learn. Um, I always read in our way. I, I, I like to find someone that I can discuss things with. <laughs> Ada, Kathy? Um, I had no list. Um, <laughs> but I mean... Uh, I think growing up in the age that I did, parental-wise, uh, they had desires that I would ma marry someone Chinese. Um, and their <laughs> preference, one one. <laughs> <laughs> their preference would be educated. These weren't my, these weren't my requirements, but. They were, um, they didn't weigh heavily on um, what I thought about, um, but I think honesty is something that was very important to me. Honesty, loyalty, and um, I think a believer in Christ um, and someone who shared that same kind of life goal that I did, but I was very naive when I got married, and so these were like, you know, these are idealistic thoughts, um, but basically, you know, I was just looking for someone I was compatible with that um, I could um, work, uh, walk alongside and be able to um, uh, become a family with. Sorry, not not too specific. <laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't. I don't think I have an actual list because it, I think if you think of it as a list, there's elements that you have to click off or check off in a way. Um, 
I mean, I would say that the qualities that <clears throat> I cared about and um, that attracted me to Young was just his servant-heartedness, his ability to be genuine, be genuine um, and kind to others, um, and his work ethic. I mean, I think like they're kind of obvious things <laughs> that people want in another person. Um, but are, those are things that I get, definitely could observe, especially just being friends in a group setting. I could see how, you know, yeah, he, he would volunteer to drive everyone home. I mean, that was one, like, easy, tangible thing. Um, and just kind of the sacrificial part, I mean, I could see it over, kind of develop over time. I mean, obviously, as a, a sense of uh, kind of loyalty and duty that, you know, showed up in his commitment to want to join the military, how he exhibits that with his uh, family and his friends. Um, and so I think it's just a lot of those qualities show up when he's interacting with other people. Yeah, so it's good. So there's a sense of observation that you got to develop over time, whether it's just talking with each other or just watching from afar, not in a creepy way, but just, just seeing how they serve in the, in the church body that give you encouragement that <clears throat> who you potentially will date uh, is going to be someone that will just be amplified in your relationships. It's good. Uh, Kathy brought up something that I, I think some of the people are thinking about. It's regards to parents. Um, how involved should a parent be in a dating relationship or I guess even engagement? Or what was that like in your in your experience? How involved were your parents in your life? It doesn't have to be you first, it could be whoever. <laughs> yeah. My parents not involved at all. I was older, much older, and I was a very independent and I was career um I was already had my career when I met Craig. Um so I didn't even tell them um, I was dating until much later. Mm -hmm. um, and also um, until I decided I'm gonna move to, um, to San Francisco because he moved out here. Mm -hmm. And then I told my parents. Because mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't like them to ask that kind of question. I get annoyed, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm supposed to answer? No, no, it doesn't matter. Like, oh. You just look like you're ready for something. Oh, so like. <laughs> that, that, yeah, yeah, actually, I, uh, my parents weren't, too, weren't involved with it. Um, you, know, um, you know, for one thing, it's distance. You know, I, I, was, I was in Los Angeles, and uh, although they knew I was, I, I did ask somebody, yeah, of course, because when I came home, I was, you know, living with my parents for a few days, and then I'd be gone again, you know, so. But, um, but no, there was not much input until... Um, much later in the relationship, yeah. Let me just add that my parents were interested in um, both my sister and I getting married. Um, we did have um, guests that came over to our house um, that had sons. <laughs> um, and, um, but there was nothing Specific, I mean, other than that, nothing came, nothing really came out of it. And um, they weren't really involved in, um, in when Bill and I were dating. And um, 
I mean, he did ask them if it was, you know, he asked them if he could marry me, but that's as about as far as it went uh, in the sense that, I mean, he, you asked, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of late, you too asked late now, before, too late. <laughs> he asked me, but, um, but they didn't have any, um, they didn't say anything to me, and, and they didn't actually, I don't remember them doing, uh, trying to encourage me one way or the other. We had data for so long. Uh, well, I mean, my, my parents were very, um, you know, they, 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 they liked data. So when I, when, when I told them that I, I wanted to, to marry her, they, yeah, they were very, um, they, they were very supportive of it. So uh, at least, so yeah, but in terms of like our, you know, dating relationship, um, you know, I think my, my parents were uh, more so uh, they left me, uh, they left us alone for, for the most part. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, they, they, we, they always, I always had their, their blessing, I guess. Uh, so context-wise, I'm an only child, and my parents are divorced. <laughs> so, and, oh, both of us grew up in uh, non-Christian homes. So, I mean, and I'm really close to my mom, so... She had lots of concerns uh, and pretty much would repeatedly ask me, not in a malicious way, just kind of in a uh, normal but close parent relationship way. Um, and I think for us, I mean, we talked about it pretty extensively during like pre-engagement and premarital. Like that was one of our big issues. Um, but I mean, for us, it was just kind of trying to figure out you know, as we were dating and how that would look in marriage, and you know, how do we set boundaries uh, with that in terms of uh, just the scope of influence? Um, and then, I mean, I think part of it too was it's, it's an, it was an opportunity for us, and it, it continues to be an opportunity for us to just witness to our parents too. Um, because not only is it non believers, I mean, there's a you know, a cultural gap with it. Both of our parents are, uh, they're from Vietnam, they're Vietnamese refugees. So <clears throat> there's this kind of added layer to it. Um, so it's just something that we definitely uh, just worked on in different ways. That's very helpful. Now, some of these questions here are, I'm trying to synthesize them, but one of the questions that if you look at your form, page three. The first question here is, one, or one of the questions here is, how do you know that you're ready for marriage? Because the, the people here, there's a range in terms of uh, where they're at. Some people are in college, others are just starting their career, some are in the middle of their career. At what point do you realize, like, okay, in your own mind, it was like, okay, I, this is not how I know that, I wanna, you know, that I'm ready to, to get married. What was that like? What was the thought process like for, for all of you? I guess I'll start. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, I read these questions earlier, but thinking about them now, uh, <laughs> actually, can't. I think, um, I think for at least myself, and probably, probably, I think for Sean too as well. Um, you know, you know that transition from you know dating 
to then seriously thinking about you know becoming engaged and you know with the future you know um, the future goal of getting married um, I, I would probably say for us it I don't think there's a single time or you know it's like oh on you know this date or is at this moment um, I think for us it was, it was kind of like this progressive kind of development that I think and I'm again kind of speaking for myself but you know you can chime in too as well is that I think we began to realize that you know you know I think to I think we're better together than alone um, that you know, I think we complement each other very well, um, and that you know that there's a a certain I think joy and, and certain amount of comfort being together, um, and and I and I think that was a progressive kind of development kind of through through our our, our, our period of dating. So. Yeah, I think Kathy and I, you know, we were actually um, physically uh, separated for, uh, you know, we we're geographically not together for a lot of time. But we spent a lot of time talking, um, and uh, so so it, it's, um, yeah, uh, and it was expensive those days, by the way, you know. <laughs> so it's probably more expensive than than uh, actually dating. <laughs> uh, but but um, so we spent a lot of time, you know, in contact. So I I think we. I think we, at least for my part, anyway, I realized I could talk to this girl, you know, uh, and uh, she she really, um, and, and I also understood that um, that uh, there was a, um, at least that type of compatibility, you know, in terms of uh, just discussing discussing pretty much almost anything, um, and uh, so I, I, you know, I think after a while we, you know, I, um, you know, uh, I said, yeah, this is pretty good. I think I think I. I could I could spend my life with this person. I mean, of course, when when you're in your twenties, now that I'm many decades older than that, I realize I didn't know that much, you know. <laughs> uh, so there is a future, you know. If you're in your twenties, you know, it it does um, change as the years go by. But uh, uh, but I don't think I was wrong in that respect, you know. I think I think there was a, uh, a pretty good communication that, that went on with that. So. So, but it was, again, it's gradual. I, I don't think, although, I, of course, when you ask somebody out, you, you're not going to say, oh, I really don't think I could be with this person, so I'm going to ask this person out. I mean, I, that, that's kind of a cognitive dissonance there. You know, it doesn't make sense. Uh, so, so you kind of have that, think, you kind of think that you might have a possibility of, uh, uh, of a deeper connection. Otherwise, you wouldn't even ask the person, right? You want to spend some time with them. Um, but, uh, but of course, that's so, so superficial, you know, so, so, you know, but but it's but it's fun. You know, first first dates should be fun. You know, so so um, and then and then, it, and then as you get to know the person better, then then you realize, oh maybe you know this this might work. And and and, and of course it has to be mutual. I hope uh, we should get our turn in a moment. But um, <laughs> uh, so so because uh, because it's not what necessarily what I want. The other person has to want it too. So. Um, I'll just kind of address maybe Pastor Ray's question head on. Uh, I think we were at a turning point in our lives when we met each other. Um, I had just started, it was my second year of work, um, and he was um, 
in dental school, and we, we talked about it a lot. We were at that point in our life that um, we wanted to look for someone to spend our life with. And uh, he, I think, I, he and I graduated um, at the same time, the same, same college, the same, the same major. We never met each other. We didn't know each other because his head was buried in the books. And um, I'm, I, I don't know, I, never, I just never met him. Um, but I don't think he would have been ready at that time. He was too concentrated on studying. And I think at the time that we met, he was, had his head finally lifted up. And he was, he was um, I think, ready to look for ready to look for someone. And I, starting work, I was, I was, um, I, I was open to that possibility. And so I think timing-wise for us, it was the right time. And, um, and um, what I did um, to expand, expand just the number of people I met, we, we did meet, like, like Sean and Craig, they met in fellowship. And Young and Ada, they met in, in a group setting. We met in a group setting as well. It's just um, uh, amongst friends and um, just meeting different people. And so um, I think we expanded the areas and the people that we met. And we took advantage of just um, even an event. Like we went on a, it was a, I think a President's Day hike, I think. Yeah, Angeles National Forest. Yeah. And, um, we just took opportunities to get to know someone new. And um, I didn't think anything of it when, when I first met him. Mean, I was like, hey, someone from Northern California. So we just had a nice conversation. And uh, it was, um, and so I think that uh, uh, when you talk to people, you just uh, wanna be friends. Like, you know, like Young and Ada, they were just friends and um, just getting to know each other. And, in a group setting, um, it's not non-threatening, and it's um, you can really relax and enjoy yourself without having any expectations. So, um, but I think both of us at that point in time in our life, we were, um, I think we were ready if um, someone someone um, compatible were to um, come into our life. Uh, so for Ada and I, uh, pretty much I, I would echo um, the, everyone else. You know, the, the, it was in terms of you know how did we uh, we know that we were or how did that we were ready for marriage? It was kind of you know there really is no like aha moment that oh I'm ready for marriage today. All right, let, let's do this. You know, it's <laughs> yeah there there was no moment like that. It was just kind of you know it built up over time. Um, and you know, especially with with regards to myself and Ada, uh, we we were friends for two years uh, before we started dating. And what really uh, drew me to her was, you know, she she was just a very good friend. You know, just very someone who is very pleasant to spend time with. Um, and I'm I'm sure you know in in the fellowship group like this, you know, you you have friends like that, who you you. Just spending time with them, just being in their presence is, is just a joy. 
And that, that's how it was for, for, for me, me and Ada. So when we started dating uh, two years later, uh, it, it, it continued, you know, it was just, um, I, I knew from a very, I knew from early on that I wanted, I wanted to marry her. Uh, uh, I'll let her, uh, <laughs> I'll let Ada um, uh, tell you guys her story, uh, her side, but I, I knew pretty early on, just from knowing her for, you know, two years prior, that, that I, I, I could be married to her, um, just because she was a very, she was a very good friend. Uh, now there were, you know, there there were things that uh, we, we weren't not obviously we weren't ready for marriage at the time, right? When we first dated, uh, when we first started dating, I mean, we were um, we, we were nineteen, you know, in college, and uh, you know, I was in the I was in the reserve as well, so that's not a good time to be married there either, because it's life's crazy, uh, and you got a lot of transitions. Um, so pretty much seventy percent of our dating relationship took place while we were in a, like a, in school or, or grad school or some kind of a transitionary phase in our lives. Uh, but, but once all that was done, you know, we, you know, we were both working, we were both done with school, but pretty much when, when Ada was done with law school and, and, and working, um, the, the, the marriage pretty much happened quickly, shortly and quickly uh, after that. So, but in terms of like, when did I know that I was married? That there, yeah, there was, there is no, it's similar to what, what, what Craig said, it, you know, it's kind of something that developed over time. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Young kind of mentioned that, <clears throat> like just from a peer circumstance points, we, we kind of waited till uh, things stabilized. And that was just kind of, a preference thing for us where because we were going back and forth in school or he was deployed or things like that, it was just a, a thing for us to, in terms of readiness, right? Um, I would say the other thing in terms of <clears throat> like how do you know? Um, I mean, I think especially in a Bible teaching church like this, in a fellowship, you're going through this series, like, you're so well-fed in terms of what marriage is, what marriage isn't, you know, how do you compare it from world, culture, your family influences, all of that stuff. So, like, you have a really good foundation for that, um, which, I mean, I think for us, too, part of it is, you know, what is marriage? Why do you want to get married? Um, those reasons shouldn't be because I'm being left behind or everyone else's, uh, or I need someone else to like complete me or financially support me. Like there are the bad reasons uh, to want to get married. Um, and I think, I mean, what it ultimately comes down to too is for me, it was, you know, is the point, is the other person pointing me to Christ? Um, and because we had such a long dating relationship and went through multiple seasons of life and actually, you know, got to see a lot of couples get together, get engaged, get married, and, like, saw what that looked like for other people, um, I think that really kind of helped us 
discuss and formulate and communicate, like, what is that going to look like for us? Um, and actually, just going back to the, you know, is the other person pointing me back to Christ constantly? I mean, I think there are particular moments where, in our relationship, where um, I was probably in my more stressed out points and uh, quote unquote thought spiraling. And there are moments, those are the moments where I remember he pointed me back to Christ in the sense that I'd go on these rants about like trying to figure out life and all of that stuff. And he'd just simply listen and, you know, say something like, you know, first, seek first the kingdom of God. Um, so, I mean, I think there are moments like that for, you know, every relationship where they're not epiphanies, but they're these little data points that kind of collectively help. You know that, okay, this person is grounded and this person's going to point me back to Christ, especially during the hard times. Yeah, so I'm trying to tie all of the common threads and principle that you guys all use. That is that you guys have to spend time with each other. And as you guys are spending time, you just notice that that person is encouraging you or con convicting you of certain sin or reminding you of biblical truths. Uh, but it, it's, it's centered around this friendship that you guys have that's ultimately centered around Christ. And it looks different from all of you. I think if, if, they were, if we had more time and we could kind of, you know, dissect all your relationship, some of them are very long, some are longer than others. But you guys had to work those things out and it's different for everyone. And that's, that's good. I think that's a good principle to think through that you guys were just trying to be godly people, and it just so happened that at some point there was no, it wasn't like a lightning struck you or anything like that, uh, but you just acted in faith and then proposed and then said yes to the other person. Um, so there's going to be this one, this might be a very big, a big topic, but what does leadership look like? And it's really for the men, I think, because in our culture, we, it seems like men are just constantly being attacked now by, you know, you can't lead and all of these different things. But biblically, we understand that it is a mandate for husbands to lead their wives. And that's a, lot of, that's a question that I think a lot of young people, what does that look like? And for wives, what does submission look like, like practically? We know the biblical principles in Ephesians 5, but in your own homes, what does that, how does that play out? <laughs> All right. Um, so, yes, uh, it, it is my responsibility to to lead uh, my wife in our marriage. The way it actually plays out in our marriage is not is not what you would think in, in a you know traditional um, uh, in a traditional way. You know, where okay, we're going to be doing this now. You know, you know, it's not like a like a TV show where you know you got a nuclear family and and the, and the the dad is you know he's like a type A guy. It's that that that's not how it works in our marriage. You know I I, I don't have a like a, a type A uh, personality, um, so I'm not out there. You know I'm not with you know with Ada. I'm like okay we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that. Um, that that's not how I uh, lead. Um, more so, it's more so uh, in just 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 living, you know, day to day life. Um, uh, like you know, we're we're obviously every Sunday, you know, we we, we go to church, 
you know, we I make sure that we, you know, we're, we're going to church, and that's just what we do. Uh, you know, we, we put the worship of the Lord uh, first. Um, every, every decision that we make, uh, every major decision that we make, you know, we, we make sure that it, it is a decision that is, well, first and foremost, you know, a decision that would glorify the Lord. Um, but it's not like, hey, we're going to do this because it glorifies the Lord. No, it, it's, <laughs> you, you just like, you, you, these are just decisions that you make, you know. Uh, and there are times when, uh, when, when certain circumstances happen in which, in which uh, a, converse, you know, I'll, a conversation will, will spring up just you know, naturally that, that revolves around the things of the Lord. For example, uh, like when, whenever we're disappointed in something, we were hoping in something that, that didn't happen, um, you know, we'll, you know, say, well, you know, it wasn't God's will. You know, it, it wasn't God's will. And we're, we're not entitled to it regardless. And, you know, everything we have now is more than what we deserve anyways. So, so and, and those are things that just come just as life happens. Uh, I don't know if I, you know, if you guys catch my drift, but... Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I think people ask this a lot. We're still trying to figure that out. Um, I mean, I think for Young, like you said, he's not necessarily the quote-unquote type A. So, I mean, I think when we kind of talked about it, um, I mean, how he leads in a lot of ways, it's just making sure he can take initiative, take responsibility, take ownership of just decisions that we make in our household, you know, whether they have good results or bad results. Um, there's that I mean, I think it's a huge thing to have that responsibility part because one of the hardest things and would be, or one of the easiest things to do that you shouldn't do is blame shift. Um, I mean, in terms of submission, uh, Young likes to say that I'm strong-willed and can be stubborn, um, so I make it difficult for him sometimes. But, I mean, I, th I think in terms of submission, part of it is trying to help and encourage him that if I have kind of a perspective or point of view... We're, we're always talking it out. Nothing really decision-making-wise should end up being surprising. I might not always 100% agree with it, but that's where we'll have to figure out for both of us and prioritize how important is this for us. Um, and generally, it's, it's making sure that we can come to a consensus and that I can um, defer and submit to his leadership, knowing that it's not necessarily because it's just him, but it's God who's leading him ultimately. Um, yeah. That's really good. So, you know, this question of leadership comes up a lot. Um, and um, I think if, if you know, as we understand the Bible more and more, we, we can, there are a lot of principles about leadership in, in, in the Bible. And, but, but, you know, just as um, I kind of, a lot of times, I, I, I think it boils down to some of the simple things. The simple thing, which is the most important thing, is that, of course, you're supposed to love the Lord your God, right? Uh, and so you're loving God, and, so, uh, and, and then you're supposed to love one another. So that principle, I think, 
under, underlies everything about leadership. Um, now I've had a lot of formal training in leadership. I, I retired from the Army Reserve, okay? And uh, I did, you know, do the, the schooling that, that goes with leadership in, within the service. Uh, I, did, I did, you know, do Command and General Staff College, and uh, I did do, I started War College and didn't finish it. But, um, but then we were getting ready to, to deploy, but so I didn't finish it. But anyway, that's my excuse. That's not a good leadership principle, by the way, blame-shifting. Blame but, uh, but so, so there's a lot of formal training in terms of leadership that you can go to, or, and then in, in your jobs, I'm sure that there's things that they would, they would send you to for leadership training. But I think, I think you could boil it down to, and I think it's more biblical-type principles, which is you have to love the person that you're leading, okay? Uh, and the people that, are, you're, that you're leading, they know if you love them or not. When I say love, it's not your necessarily romantic love. It's, it's that the follower has to know that you care about them and that, that you may have a mission to accomplish. In our case, as Christians, we're supposed to help each other become more and more Christ-like. That's the mission, right? That's the mission, right, Marine? <laughs> and, and, uh, um, but what happens is, is uh, that, that's what we're trying to, to lead and, 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 and we're supposed to be guiding in that direction. Now, that's the formal type of thinking. In, in reality, how does it work out? I think in every couple has their own way of working it out uh, because we are all different. Our diff personalities are different. Um, but uh, uh, I, I think one of the things they always tell you also in, in leadership is that you have to know the people that you're leading. You know yourself and you know the person that you're leading, which means you have to study your, you know, study your spouse. Okay, you have to try to understand what the person is like. And guess what? People change. So as the years go by, just because somebody was the way they were when they were in their 20s, doesn't mean that's the way they're gonna be in their 30s or 40s or 50s and so forth. And so you constantly have to study and you constantly have to adjust in terms of your, your leadership style. It may not be conscious, but, but it, it should be underneath as you're thinking about leading. Um, so, so how does it look? Well, in our case, we, have to, we happen to be very compatible. Uh, we, we, we think very similarly because of our backgrounds. Um, and in, in our case, uh, uh, you know, I usually, you know, we usually build consensus before we make decisions. And I do a lot of talking, okay? We talk to each other a lot. Uh, as you can tell, I talk a lot. And I can, <laughs> I can go on forever. Um, so we talk a lot, and, and then we come to a meeting of the minds uh, for most decisions. Um, however, in certain situations, when it's a very difficult situation, uh, or a situation where there's an impasse, then you know, the, 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 uh, biblically, the, 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 the husband is supposed to take the responsibility for that decision. Um, and it may not be a popular decision, and it may not be a, and it turns out it may not be the, the right decision. You know, it could be the wrong decision. And, and then if you find out it's wrong, then you, you better be humble enough to be able to change your direction. Uh, with, with the help of your, your spouse, because basically you're, you're, you're both tied together. And so those decisions uh, really ought to be consensus-driven, and um, unless it's an emergency, of course, then you make a quick decision if, at the best of your knowledge and then be ready to change if necessary. Um, but but those, those principles, I think, are all in the, in the scriptures. It, you know, it's, it's there. It's not, these are not new lessons in terms of leadership. Um, and so, but every couple's different, and you have to how it works out within your own relationship depends on how each of the you know each of the persons are you know, and, and so, and so that's um, 
those are some of the principles of leadership. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's also a thing about leadership is delegation. You know, you don't do everything. You have to, and some people are gifted, and we're all gifted in different ways. And I would be foolish. I would be absolutely foolish to, to, to not understand and recognize my wife's strengths and let her take care of those strengths and things that she's strong on. And, uh, and, 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 and for me to, you know, to try to get into it, and that would be very, very foolish. Uh, but so there's the principle of delegation and, and understanding of that. Um, so, so I could go on and on about this, you know. As uh, Young and Ada know, <laughs> we did premarital uh, with each other. Um, and so, so uh, yeah, I could talk forever. I better stop right now. <laughs> I think that um, any of you who know me, uh, um, and Bill will attest to it as, uh, uh, if I have an opinion about something, I will uh, tell Bill if I have an opinion about something. And uh, I think part of his leadership is that he listens. He listens. Um, it may not he may not necessarily um, agree with it, although through talking, I think we do come to the meeting of minds. But um, nevertheless... Um, the submission part is, for me, is to recognize that he is the leader. And ultimately, like Ada had said, the responsibility lies with him. And he takes the responsibility no matter um, the outcome. And I think part of, uh, part of what uh, I've learned to do um, in, in submitting to his authority is, is to make sure that, that uh, and it's not necessarily easiest, but if things don't turn out, to make sure you don't rub, rub it in, but um, to be yet supportive of, of him and, and not, not do the I told you so, but um, just to walk through the uh, scenario together, whether it, if it's painful, it's painful, but to, to do it together. And so um, I think to recognize uh, his authority um, as he recognizes me as a person. He, and, and I think, you know, I, I've been reading a lot about the tongue and learning how it's a sharp-edged sword and to be careful in my words and to be careful um, to listen well and uh, be, uh, have few words, but, but to listen well. And so these are things that um, I've often put my foot in my mouth and I've learned through, through trial and error, um, things that when I should withhold my tongue and whether it's something that um, my love can cover and, um, and that I would continue to support him um, in his decision, whether it, whether it was his decision, whether it was what I put in, but it was, we took it, we take it as a, a decision we both made together. I think, you know, 
in modern culture or popular culture, I, I mean, we think of leaders as somebody who's just kind of giving orders and directives and telling people to do things. Um, but I think that's very different than kind of the biblical principle of, of leadership and kind of the, the headship of the husband in, in a marriage or in a family. And I think kind of practically kind of for, for our family, uh, I think there's several aspects to, to leadership that I think I try to take on. Um, I think the first is just being um, kind of the, to bear the burden, I guess, for lack of a better word, to kind of be the point person or to, to look out for, um, you know, Sean's and, and my, my kids' um, physical well-being, um, kind of their emotional health and, and their spiritual health and their spiritual life. Um, and kind of related to that, it's, I think it's, it, it's on me to, to set the tone and to kind of to set the path. I think kind of what kind of you've heard kind of from, like, I think Young was talking about, you know, directing the family towards Christ. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, the kids will come home. They say, oh, you know, so-and-so in my class really annoys me. Or, you know, the, you know, this, you know this kid, you know, it, you know, isn't behaving and gets the whole class in trouble. But then, unfortunately, you know, Sean and I are on the same page. We tell them, you know, even though you still, they annoy you, you know, we're called, you know, to love everyone, you know, to show grace. Sure, you can ignore them, you know, try to avoid them. But, you know, you are still supposed to, to love people that, you know, that may, that may annoy you or that you don't like. And I, that, that, you know, those conversations, I, I think it's on me to, 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 um, really lay that out clearly and also to live it out too in, in, in my life. Um, uh, Bill told, uh, uh, stole my delegation. I, I think that's <laughs> the second thing. I, I, I don't delegate very well, but I think that's really important. I, I think in our marriage, you know, I've, I've delegated, you know, certain things to Sean because that's her, her giftedness, uh, not so much spiritual giftedness, more kind of, kind of the talent, you know, in terms of like finances, for example, or managing the household. Um, and then, Oh, I just blanked. There was a third one. I'm just trying to remember what was it. Oh, it may come back. Okay. There, there was some some other aspect of leadership that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I just blanked. But. Um, for me, I think serving each other is most and foremost in a marriage. I serve Craig um, because in Bible we say we're serving leaders. Leaders not just lead, and we actually serve. Is that um, the third one? That was the third okay. one. That, that, compliment. That I think um, <laughs> and early on in our uh, marriage, we study a book, talk about serving leaders. And that, that one was really a um, book that um, taught me how to be a submissive wife. Because to me, um, before I learned that book, submissive... Um, it's like a little bit of a negative term for women. For particular me, I was in my career, I was, um, I always did my thing um, pretty well. I, and, and to submit to someone, um, let a person lead, it's hard. At work, I'm a manager, I'm telling people what to do. And at home, I come home, I have to say yes, yes, yes. You know, <laughs> like, I'll give you the slippers. You don't want, you know, like the image in me saying the submission, is that the submission I need to do? But I think it's not. A, it's more of a um, biblical way of uh, uh, submitting is um, work with him. Um, and I think um, I'm lucky. Craig, it's really easy to work with, and we are very compatible. 
um, I led him to make the decision. And of course, we discussed just like um, Bill said, I, we talk about a lot of things and we make the decision together. And I always joke that he's the CEO, but I'm a CFO and COO. I <laughs> take care of all the groundwork. And so, because at work, I tell people, your manager, you may not look good because you need to subordinate your, your, the people beneath you to build you up. You can't single-handedly get things done because you need the people down underneath you to support you. So I think a marriage is like that. I am the person under him and to support him. Mm -hmm. So um, that, only that way it will work. Otherwise, um, if he's only him telling me what to do, it won't work. So I, I think to me, serve him, it's my goal. Yeah, I wrote a whole bunch of little just words to kind of synthesize this. But it seems like a lot of it is, first, you, as you love the Lord, you're going to apply God's word, and that's part of loving the other person. And being like Christ does mean that you're going to be a servant leader um, for the husbands, and then you're going to be a servant as, uh, for the wives. And ultimately, everyone is submitting to the Lord, and that's what drives the marriage. Uh, you guys communicate through conflicts or situations, and that helps because your spouse can compliment you and help you see the blind spots. So it's not like a tyrant in the way that I think the world thinks when they hear the word lead and what, what, like, why do you submit? That's like the worldly way of thinking. But practically in, your, in all of our homes that are married, it's actually more, you're just fun. It's fun because you, you love the Lord and you're, and you're fulfilling your roles that the Lord has given you. Um, the, I like how you guys talk about just being... You, the husband need to be responsible. So there is the weightiness to it, um, that there is a trusting in the Lord that the Lord is going to lead you, your family through your husbands. And husbands, there is that responsibility that you have to be calculating and be humble enough to acknowledge that there are areas that you have overlooked or things that you haven't seen, and, you, and you're, the Lord has given you your wife to help you see those areas. Those are really good principles. At this point, I want to give you guys the floor, or you guys are sitting down there, but you get a chance to ask some questions. Uh, feel free to ask, and if you, if you want to ask anyone in particular, feel free. Don't ask me any questions, I'm just a moderator here. <laughs> so if you guys have any questions, feel free. I think, I think Chris is back there with the microphone. Yeah, okay. Oh, no, there's a screen right here. It's weird. There's no judgment in the questions, by the way. You can say, oh, I have heard from a friend. They want to ask this question on. You know, that's totally fine, too. Some of you guys are, like, asking each other questions. Ask on their behalf, if you like. Or, oh, okay. Andrew? Okay, what is that one question? Okay. How are we using our marriage to serve others and and the Lord? Is that is that your question? Okay. Um Man, that's kind of like, uh, well, we, how, how we use our marriage to serve others and serve the Lord. Well, uh, one specific example, um, like whenever, whenever opportunities come up 
to serve the Lord or to serve others, we always say, say yes. Uh, for example, we were asked to host um, a flock group, you know, and, and we did. Uh, and it was, it was great. We, we really enjoyed it. Um, we, yeah, we just serve. We just serve together. Uh, as a couple, we just, uh, um, you know, we have fellowship dinners over. Uh, we, we have people dinner over for, <laughs> we have people dinner. We have people over for dinner. Eat people. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, we, we're serving our families. You know, we, we here, I'll, I'll let you. Oh, I mean, I was going to say on a high level, um, when you get married, you get double the family and double the community <laughs> instantly. Um, so, I mean, the opportunity is kind of built in there. I mean, I think one big thing in particular for us, because we do have unsaved family members and <clears throat> just our different friend groups outside of church, is that it's an opportunity to model out what a, a Christian relationship looks like. Um, mainly because people might have never seen it before. I mean, and one kind of example that came up, I think it was your mom that observed this, was that she noticed that even if we would get into, if we would disagree about something or we'd get into an argument, we'd be quick to forgive and resolve things. Um, So in terms of just being able to model it out for people in that way, I mean, there's definitely opportunity there. Um, I mean, in terms of kind of formal ministry, uh, I mean, pre-COVID, there are just different things. We served in uh, mustard seeds together. We uh, did flock groups like Young Ed mentioned. We are in a different, in a couple of different just community groups um, that have a mix of couples and and singles. Um, And I think that's a big part, too, in terms of just talking about the community that you have. just because you get married, it doesn't mean that all your new friends are also all married. Um, you know, we, you still have your community, you still have your friend groups. So to be able to um, maintain those relationships and serve them in that way, model out our relationship, um, and hopefully point others to Christ just in the way, you know, we resolve things or we behave or, um, or tangibly, like Young said, just being able to show hospitality, having people over. Um, we used to enjoy, um, and soon should be able to do it again, just enjoy having a group of people over for like a Thursday night dinner. Um, so just things like that that are tangible. Yeah, I mean, pretty much uh, we're... Ada said it much better. Yeah. So amen, amen. Also, I mean... <laughs> This is a general question. We don't have to be the only one who answers it. Do you guys want to add to that? How, do, what is, how does serving the church look like as a married couple for you guys? It could be like the same answer, too. Or is there something different that you want to add on? Or sitting up here as a married couple. That's true. Yeah, so like, yeah. Uh, for Sean and I, um, we, um, we served together in, in Tiny Tots. Uh, I think we taught Tiny Tots for a few years um, as, as a couple. Um, I saw several you know, kids kind of grow up through lower division. Um, and, yeah, and then I think also, yeah, you know, once we became married, um, 
Yeah, certainly, yeah, the, the, the kind of the fellowship group, you know, kind of the people that you interact with, you know, changes. But then, yeah, I think, yeah, hosting people um, and, you know, yeah, hosting people for, for dinner. Um, and I'm trying to think. And then kind of a few years ago, then, yeah, also hosting a flock group. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that every season in our lives, it, it, uh, you have different uh, opportunities uh, to to to, uh, to serve uh, uh, serve um, the Lord. Uh, I think um, because because we know that um, you know the Bible actually is a model, is a is a guide, and it's, it's the Word of God to telling us that uh, you know where you know that we're supposed to when we love God. We're, we we is is actually shown by our obedience to him, and part of that is is um, you know it shows up in how we treat other people, um, but it doesn't always have to be the same. It doesn't always have to be external. It doesn't have to be something that can other people can see, um, and so that, I think because because you know you know when God judges us. At, after rapture, when he judges us, I, I, it's not necessarily all the numbers that we put up uh, uh, or anything like that. Uh, I think he's first and foremost, he's going to say, did you love me? Um, and, uh, love God, not me. I'm not the judge. <laughs> um, did, did, did you love God and, and show his, uh, you know, and, and work, let him work in your life? And, and so every every stage in life is different. Uh, and... Um, and, and you may not be able to see it. Uh, I know one of the complaints that some people would, would, would criticize, people who are newly married, they'll say things like, well, they don't even have our friends with us anymore. And blah, blah, blah. But, but, you know, it's a different season because they're responsible for, for, the, for, their, for their marriage. And um, uh, so, so they have to do certain things. Or, or, or when a couple has little kids, newborns, um, you know, they, they have certain responsibilities. Or uh, and they have to take care of the kids. Um, not everybody can be, you know, uh, uh, you know, be able to bring their kids out to church all the time and all that, that type of thing. Um, and, and, and sometimes there's illnesses, and then because because biblically we know we're supposed to take care of our families. Uh, uh, if you don't provide for your family, you're worse than an infidel, right? Um, so you have to work. Um, and so there's there's, there's different ways. Uh, and, and so so I think I think it's deeper than just what you can see what another person is doing. Uh, and I think that's, that's a fallacy. Uh, and it's very easy within a, a Christian community that we say, well, so-and-so, how come they're not doing this? How come they're not doing that? Because we don't know. We don't know. We, and none of us knows uh, for sure what somebody else is doing or what they're thinking or where their heart is, where they're walking with God or not. Um, and so, so we have to be very slow to... To come up with met, 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 what is it matrix met, metrics metrics not matrix that's, that's different right mathematics <laughs> and uh, uh, measurements yeah yeah uh, so we got to be careful about about doing that uh, and, and a lot of times that becomes very divisive and then we end up uh, hurting one another by 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 putting metrics into it um, not to say that of course there's sin you have to judge it I mean you have to you know, act on it if there's Big sins that affect a lot of people, but um, but I think I think that's one thing that we you know when you, when we're asked when we ask that question, how are you how are you serving 
within your your marriages, um, we, we we have to understand there's there's more depth behind it. It's not just the the surface. Yeah, so it seems like it's context depending on where you guys are at, whether you guys have kids or no kids or grandkids or uh, you know married long or COVID or whatever. There's uh, there's a context in which you're trying to be missional, like you, whether it's ministering to your kids or non-believing relatives, you're doing it together. Um, you're serving in church somehow. You're basically pouring out to other people, but that changes depending on where you are in the season of your life. Any other questions? Next questions. I was going to add to what Bill said, though, about um, our service together as a couple. Is um, I think our service we have served together, but we've all served also served apart. And I think what we do is we support each other in our service apart. There are many times he has like meetings, and um, and I have my own meetings, and. Um, we respect each other's ministries as well and support each other's ministries. And so I think, um, like Craig alluded to, you know, everyone has their own personal gift and they're able to serve people in different ways. We, we serve together. And or you, or like Sean kind of mentioned, your support staff for, um, for them as they take a leadership role. Um, or you have your own service, per, own personal service to the Lord, and um, and that's how how you can be personally accountable to others and to the Lord. And and Bill allows me to do personal ministry, and he he does personal ministry, and he has his own personal ministries that he does himself, and um, it's uh, it's um, mutually supported between the two of us. A lot of us have had, okay, have a lot of us have had uh, experience with things like accountability and rebuking one another and sharpening one another in the context of being single. Does that look any different for in a marriage setting? And if so, how? Which one do you want to confess your sins? <laughs> That's a good question. How do you guys confront sin? in your marriage relationship? Uh, so, um, like, how do, we, how do we hold each other accountable in a, in a marriage context? Is, is that your question? Okay. <laughs> I was going to answer... Like the like a variation, or I think the, kind of. There's also the question: Does it look different in a marriage uh, situation than in you know kind of a non-married kind of single situation? And I would say it, it probably does not differ that much uh, because we are supposed to kind of hold each other accountable, you know, call out sin, but in a loving way, um, and to kind of redirect kind of the the other person, you know, back you know back to Christ and back to kind of biblical principles. Um, and I, I think for um, for singles, and then kind of for a married couples, I think that that the the, um, the overarching kind of principle and goal still applies. Um, and I think maybe I think maybe um, um, in a married situation, I, I think each each individual probably has a 
maybe a higher, I, that's the best way to put it, maybe a, a higher level or maybe a, a higher amount of, of humility, you know, and, and you know, t- to the other person, you know, perhaps because of that, that the, the context of the marriage relationship, um, you know, but I think the, 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 the idea of, 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 you know, accepting the, the, the kind of the rebuke or accepting the criticism, you know, in a humble manner and in a kind of understanding manner. And then also giving that kind of rebuke out of love. I think that still applies. Faithful the wounds of friend. Your best friend will give you the best bruises, but those are the most helpful. <laughs> I would say, though, in a marriage, um, and, and and any of you would attest to um, your your life at home, that your parents and how you react at home, uh, they see you sometimes at your worst. Uh, you are most comfortable at home and to be yourself. And I think um, that holds the same at, in, in our home as well. Uh, we see the best of each other. We see the worst of each other. And um, I would say in holding one another ac- accountable, um, and, and I've thought about the, this question as well, is that... Um, to uh, confront my spouse, um, I would do it very carefully, um, and I would do it um, with the perspective of: is it is what I see truly sin, or is it merely a preference? Is it something that is biblically a sin, or is it just something? that I would like to happen or I think should happen. And so really uh, almost, almost like to, to, before I speak, I need to, to um, examine myself. And that's what we should be doing uh, with each other anyways, is, is to make sure you don't have the log in your eye and that you're seeing clearly. And I really think that's, uh, I think it's especially important if it's something, someone you're going to live 24-7 with. And you, we, we made a covenant, a commitment for life uh, to live one, with one another, to love one another, to, um, to be committed to each other, to uphold each other up before the Lord. And, um, and so I, um, I would say it, it to, to uh, that I would... For me personally, I do it very carefully and with much thought and um, making sure that it's, it is something that is a sin. And if it is a sin, it, it, then it, it is all the more important to, um, to, to, uh, to expose that sin. And not because, not because um, you want to accuse them, but because you, you love them and you want them to... Um, to grow, you want them to be um, right before the Lord. So, so the principles are the same, I think. It's just amplified, you know, when you're married because you're, you're, you're together all the time. And, 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 uh, but, but I think, because uh, even with those principles, um, 
in confronting sin or holding people accountable. Uh, it, 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 yeah, there's a segment in the premarital counseling thing called communication, right? And uh, you have even when you when even if if there is it, well, you know, Kathy already mentioned it, which is the idea that you know make sure it really is a, a sin and rather a preference. But but also um, sometimes some if we spend all our time looking for sins in our spouse or in one another as believers, uh, we actually wouldn't be carrying out what God wants us to do, um, in building disciples. Um, some, you know, but if, of course, if it's there, then, then you confront it. But, but the, all, the other part is, even within, the, within sin, in confronting sin, you have to, you know, in terms of the communication principles, you have to choose the right time and a place and situation when, when that comes up. Uh, I think even more so in marriage, um, it's not a good time to confront somebody with sin about sin. Um, say the, the, the primary example is somebody comes home from work, and it could be either spouse come home from work, and the first thing is, well, you know, then and they're tired from the hard commute, hard work, and then and then then you say, oh yeah, yeah, you, you look what you did, blah blah blah. blah. Uh, that you're not going to, uh, I mean, you're not going to get a good result. Okay, that's not not the right time. Um, you you have to be mindful even. Especially if you're going to confront sin, uh, you have to choose the right time, right venue, right place, um, and right, right words. Okay, because some words can be cutting and, and hurtful unnecessarily, uh, and uh, you get uh, the wrong kind of attention. Uh, and then, you know, uh, of course, with, with a spouse, you're supposed to, you probably should know them better as the years go by. You get to know them better and better. And you can almost predict how they're going to react to certain situations. I think uh, one thing about singles, unless, I mean, as you already know, with, with your, um, there's some people that you can say certain things because you have a relationship where they know that you, you care about them and you've had a, a kind of a background on it uh, of, of caring for one another, uh, you know, even as friends. Uh, and, and so you can, you, you can, you probably could say more, more hard things than somebody who doesn't have their relationship uh, or at least will come across a little bit better. Um, so we have to kind of be mindful of this. And then we know that there's scriptures in, in was it, First Peter. Um, sometimes love can cover sin, right? You don't love have to. Love a multitude of sins. Yeah, love can cover a multitude of sins. So you don't have to necessarily, you know, sometimes you can be patient, especially if the sin is not real harmful. You say, oh, you know, maybe let's see if, this, see if when Pastor Ray preaches on that subject next week, he'll, <laughs> he'll get it, right? Or, she, yeah, I say he'll get it. I better not say she'll get it. He'll get it. Um, you know, Sometimes we can be patient about that, uh, especially if it's not overly consequential. So, so, so we have to make choices in, the, in that, that area. Uh, take some wisdom. You know, think about it. Think about it carefully before you, you, do, you do it. Uh, marriage, of course, is amplified. Everything's faster uh, because you're living together. Nothing else? Okay. All right. Last question from you guys. I know there's a lot of questions you guys asked and sent in. Uh, that we didn't get, really get a chance to touch, but who wants to ask, who wants to ask the last question? Jeremy? Okay. Okay, the question is, do you guys study the Bible together as a, as a family or as a couple? What does devotional, what does home devotional look like? Uh, so for us, we actually 
we we build Bible study together as a couple into um, our just our week. Uh, so just being a part of a community group that meets, you know, uh, a Thursday community group. Um, there's also uh, blueprints. Um, so we're as a couple, you know, we we study the Bible together, you know, in the in a group context, um, and that's yeah, that, that's something that we we purposely built into our our schedule. For us, when the, for us when the kids were younger, we used to, but then with the busyness of life, we we kind of fell away from it. So yeah, unfortunately, we don't as much as we probably want to. Yeah, we don't have a formal time, but we we talk a lot about um, what we're studying. Uh, so she gets a preview of Sunday school class usually. <laughs> so uh, uh, and, and then sometimes because she's she's involved with some uh, discipleships, and, and so we we talk about that uh, and uh, uh, some of the other ministries that, that are going on. So we talk a lot about that. So but but we don't have a formal thing built in, but we talk about. Um, of course, we have an advantage because we don't have any kids at home anymore. So we actually do have time to just kind of, we banter and talk about uh, all kinds of stuff. So um, so that's kind of a nice season of life, I have to admit. It's, it's very nice. There's light at the end of the tunnel for uh, people. <laughs> so anyway. For us or for you guys? Or, uh, like no, glory for you guys? Uh, glory for us, but, but uh, more restful time for, for, for you guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to add that, um, I mean, a lot of, the non kind of formal built-in Bible study, a lot of it is just kind of like Bill was saying. We just ask each other about our different ministries. I asked Young how men's ministry went, how their study is going. He'll ask me about small group. Um, we'll both read different devotionals. I mean, I, I do a lot of Desiring God articles or um, <clears throat> Gospel Coalition articles, and we'll just kind of discuss those. Um, and I was actually going to go back to the last question about the accountability part. Um, I was going to just say that I think part of a, the marriage context, kind of like everyone was saying, it's not different, but I think the community aspect of a trusted kind of inner circle is really helpful because what you don't want in a marriage is you don't want sin to go unaddressed and let that incubate <laughs> between each other. Um, and I think that's just always something that's important that there is counsel around us um, and we should be able to be honest and utilize that as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, yeah, we, well, like, like she was saying, yeah, every Wednesday we, we have our own separate Bible studies, uh, well, kind of how, how, Kathy, you were saying, you know, how we, we each have our own separate ministries. Um, so uh, one thing, you know, what Ada will, Ada will give me space and time to, to have my separate ministry on, on a Wednesday night, you know, and, and likewise, um, you know, she'll, she'll have, uh, she'll have her own separate ministry as well when, when, when she's counseling, um, other people or, or just being, a. a a, a good friend, you know, um, and we'll, and we'll recap. So yeah, like when we're, uh, like folding laundry uh, on a Wednesday night, you know, I'll, I'll tell her about, uh, I'll tell her about what we went over in, in men's ministry. You know, we're, we're going to the book of Romans right now. So I'll give her like a, like a two to three minute uh, recap of, 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 of our study. 
Um, but uh, so yeah, so you know, but building in that, it's building in that that time. It, it forces us um, to you know to to study together. Now, granted, it, it is in a group context. Like I said earlier, you know, being in a, a community group or uh, being in uh, blueprints or, or whatnot, but um, it's because we—I know myself. You know, we uh, when you, when you're going through marriage, when you're when you're just the day to day, you get home. You know, it, it's very easy to uh, just uh, you know, life gets in the way. So uh, for us, we, we just have it scheduled in. Yeah, or used in, in between moments. Yeah, so it's cool. It's good. So it's less. I mean, it's not that you guys. Can't didn't have structure for a while, just again, this season of your life. Um, but it's the life on life with one another. You guys are learning different things. You guys are involved in other people's lives. I'm sure you guys have counseling things that you're respective counseling people or you're, uh, that, you know, you're shepherding or talking to, and you're just trying to have someone to you know, talk, th- talk through things with. And there's the iron sharpening iron. So as you guys are just talking about what the Lord's teaching you, whether it's something that you guys do together or, or individually, um, you guys always try to find time to talk about the Lord. So that, that's, that's good, because I think, I think sometimes people think it has to be, you know, like a like full-on Bible say, and it's fine for some couples, uh, but there's also just the fact that you guys are going to live life together, and through that you guys can teach through your examples by observing each other, or just by just simple conversations. All right, that's good. Well, I'm thankful for all of you that uh, you guys came in on Friday nights to answer some of the questions here. If you guys have any more questions, feel free to go up to them uh, and just ask or even follow up. Um, if you have any more personal type questions, and you know, feel free to contact them as well. Um, again, this is just for, uh, for you guys to just get a picture of how, a, a practical picture of what a marriage and dating relationship looks like. Because um, I think it's good to you know, to, to have different influences and models in your life to learn from. And this is just my way of just exposing you guys. It's not just me or some of the other couples, but there's a lot of people in our church that you guys can go to. And that part of being a church family means that we are humble enough to just get to know other people. And, and there's a lot of people here that are willing to help you think through questions and life circumstances. Uh, so again, thank you guys for... Let's just give a little applause to our panels. Craig, do you mind closing us in prayer? No, I don't mind. Let's, let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for so many things. We just thank you for your uh, gift of your son, Jesus Christ, that, um, that you have redeemed us, that you had, even in our kind of fallen nature, there's nothing that we could have done you know, to deserve that grace. We also just thank you for your word, um, as we find in scripture that uh, kind of guides us, you know, in our life, uh, that helps us, you know, in our daily walks. Um, And also, we just thank you for the church family um, that kind of also supports us in kind of our daily walks. Um, For the the married uh, couples here, uh, we just thank you for um, each other. We just thank you for the spouses. We just thank you for you bringing, you know, the married couples together. that, you know, we can serve as kind of um, an example, kind of directing um, other married couples, uh, but also kind of the, the singles, you know, towards you. Um, just thank you for um, this time that we have uh, to gather together and to kind of consider and to 
to kind of, I guess, share some of maybe some biblical principles and wisdoms um, that we as married couples have um, kind of learned through the various kind of uh, life stages of, of dating um, of, and of um, our marriages. Uh, we ask all of these things in your uh, precious and holy son's name. Amen.